0: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we've got a good CarCast coming up. We're going to talk about some of the new debuts from the Shanghai Auto Show. Uh, uh, Certainly a lot of news in the EV world and uh, some updates on SEMA and uh, some of the things that are going on. Before we get started, Um, Empire covers. You know, nowadays cars are designed to keep you safe on the road, but are you providing the same protection for your car off the road? Empire covers. They offer high quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that can damage your vehicle's paint. And believe me, it's a it's a little more fragile than you think it is. So for premium protection, try uh, American Armor Cover. That's their. Uh, that's their new premium cover, and it's uh, proudly made in their Kentucky factory. And You can get it for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. All of their covers come with a free multi-year warranty, and we've got a deal for you. You can get to uh, uh, free shipping plus 15% off by going to empirecovers.com slash carcast. Use the promo code carcast at checkout. It's empirecovers.com. Promo code CARCAST for 15% off plus free shipping. Empire Covers, protect what you love. Hello, hello. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. D'Andrea with Goldberg. I forgot my name first. I was like, did I just say, Matt, did I say D'Andrea right? <laughs> I, I pronounced my name wrong. And uh, What's up, Bill? How are you, buddy?
1: Uh, our intro sounded like my alarm clock this morning, dropping the, the red eye off at seven thirty. Man, it was a. I needed more coffee. That's all I can say.
0: That's right. So you're loading up the red eye, and uh, just to to remind everybody, this is this is the silver car, the silver gray car.
1: First, first triple nickel red eye out there. That's right. One that I got when I was doing the Santa Claus thing up in L. A.
0: And and this is going down to get one of your uh, one of your power packages.
1: Right. Why not? I mean, the neighbor was enthralled with what Gearhead had done to my TRX, so it took him two weeks to make the decision. He uh, decides to get a trailer to go down there. I see that I see that there's an open trailer and. Yeah, he's my neighbor. He's a good guy. He doesn't mind if if his TRX blocks the wind for the red eye. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. We just go going anyway, right? So I, I I nudged him to move it up a couple of feet, and I put the red eye there.
0: Oh, and, and that's got to be an open trailer, right? We figured out that the TRXs don't fit on the enclosed trailers.
1: Hence, the only reason why I would ever send the red eye on an open trailer is because. It is completely shielded by the TRX. Yeah,
0: the TRX is the way. Did you see that terrible video of somebody trying to load up a TRX in the back of a of a truck and the ramps broke and the truck fell off and like I I don't know what was going on. It was like it was a maybe it was just a ramp that they would normally use for some of their cars, you know, some oh, lightweight no, sports cars. The way, but the way they uh,
1: set that thing yeah, up, yeah,
0: it looked bad. Deal? It oh. looked bad, but they were loading up a TRX into the back of a of a car hauler. And I don't even know if the thing was going to fit in there to begin with, but the ramps broke. Like while it was like halfway up, the 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 TRX fell <laughs> fell down to the ground. Um, uh, normally, you think, hey, it's fine; it can take a little bit of a drop. But I think it because it was like halfway in it. Yeah. There was, there was some, there was a little bit of damage, some cosmetic <laughs> damage and some things, a little, little bit of a mess, but you kind of see those things about to give out those ramps about to just give way.
1: Oh, there was a lot of Mopar guys crying over
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no um, the ramps. I
0: that. Uh, anyway, so what, what's going right, on? This is what's going on is uh Shanghai auto mm-hmm. show or motor show or, whatever they actually call it, not exactly sure, uh, is is happening. It's been going on, um, the, lots of interesting – the Shanghai show is interesting because it's always been in the past, like, uh, a lot certainly from the Chinese manufacturers <laughs> and the German manufacturers, European manufacturers get the debut stuff there. Um uh, the, I always found that they still really like the idea of concept cars uh, at that show. Um, at at our, our auto shows out here, um, we we did a lot with concept cars, but we we kind of got away with away from that and started getting closer to production ready cars. And Shanghai still has some concept cars, but I think everything is going a little bit more toward production ready just because it's incredibly expensive to do a multi-million dollar concept car and not have it be pretty close to to production. So um, some interesting debuts, not necessarily all things we're going to get here in the United States, but – but certainly some some shared things, right? Like the, the the Chinese car companies unlikely to be coming here. But what's interesting is is the European car companies are debuting some things there that we will get or share some technology with, share some platforms with. But now we're starting to see uh, companies, uh, some of the U.S. companies saying, "Hey, we China is a big market for us. We need to expand what we have there." Um, of course, they're their design style and things like that need to fit that uh that that demographic, that culture. Um, but some interesting things um one that came up is Audi debuted the A6 e-tron. So it's a it's a it's an electric uh I believe it's going to just be electric. I think it's going to be all electric as opposed to let's say hybrid. But um it's a cool looking uh, sedan, it will replace the current A6 eventually. But here in the U.S., I think the plan is they will sell—Audi will sell the the gas engine A6 side-by-side with the A6 e-tron until the gas engine platform runs its course in a few years, and then it'll be exclusively uh, uh, electric. But right now, that audience— and I, I don't know if it's A6 Audi stuff specifically or just us as as Americans. We still kind of really like the, the gas engine uh, cars. So uh, uh, they might go side by side for a little while. But the e-tron is, is – the A6 e-tron was unveiled as a 2021 model. So this is on its way I think this year. Um, and what's interesting is it's on this new platform. It's on what they call PPE, this Premium Platform Electric. It's the architecture that Audi is co-developed with Porsche, their sister company, all part of the VW group. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was they're able to, to basically take this architecture and... And it being modular enough that it can be a sedan, it could be an SUV. It can go. It can go higher. It can go lower. It could, it could go where, kind of where they need it to go. So, this Audi A6 platform is also going to be the electric Porsche Macan at some point. Now, Porsche is still saying we will have the gas engine car uh, vehicle available with the electric vehicle until it runs its course, (laughs) you know, because I still think, especially in the Porsche world, I think people are are still into the gas engine vehicles, but, um, uh, it, it looks, it looks good. It looks interesting. I I think it's a good looking car. It's a good looking, it's a good looking car. And, um, it's, uh, The measurements are, eh, it's about, so the A6 e Tron compared to the current A6, it's about an inch longer. It's a little bit wider, it's like three inches wider. It sits an inch lower than the current, you know, A6 in the showroom. So it's a sleeker, uh, kind of a wider, sleeker stance. Um, I assume with the battery technology that's very low and kind of in the mm-hmm. middle and uh, the wider, lower stance accommodates that. Has everything um, to do with it? And uh but it's interesting because it has kind of that fastback roof line, almost hatchback uh uh roofline to it. Um I'm not even sure if it, it really is a, a hatchback, but I think it 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 could be. Um interesting things on what they want to do with uh you know, with lighting, lighting has been a a big design element of Audi uh, of the past few years, um, and they talked about um, one of the things that could be interesting is the LED lights that are in the front of the car. Um, let's say you're you're traveling someplace, or you you know you you park in I don't know a mall or something like that, or even at home, and uh, and. You you want to get, let's say, a fast charge into your vehicle. If you have the equipment at home and you want to do a fast charge in your vehicle, the the LED headlights are also projectors. So you could watch a movie on the wall of your garage while you're sitting in your car while it's charging – to kill some time, right? Obviously, you can't just pull up anywhere. You're not going to be like at a charging station in the middle of the <laughs> desert between here and Vegas and just project it onto the side of a mountain. I think you need something, something a little closer to that. Maybe the, a, you know, this, you know, a nice flight, flat, a painted white wall of an in an and next to a charging station.
1: It brings yeah. a new meaning to, to the term driving,
0: yeah. I it feels <laughs> like, and you can play video games on it, like the, you know, it's a screen, it's a projector screen. Um, I don't know, like it seems fun and it seems interesting. I don't know how practical it is. I don't know where you're just gonna like, hey, I need a charging station with a really nice wall in front of me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so I could project this thing onto there, but uh. Uh, but the, anyway, point is is that was kind of the theme of Shanghai is the electric vehicles that are being debuted. Um, uh, you know this this particular vehicle, this A six e tron. Uh, you know it it should in its in its normal form it's probably around the seven second zero to sixty range, um, and uh, it has an all wheel drive dual motor version that can go up to. 469 pound-feet of torque, that'll probably be the 4-second 0-to-60 range version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as we've seen before, the, the e-tron GT, which is sort of Audi's version of the Taycan, um, mm-hmm. that actually is a really gorgeous car. I can't wait to see that in person. No doubt. I kind of like it better than the Porsche. I think the lines are a little better than, than the Porsche
1: Taycan. And... 100%, I'd say.
0: Uh, so this is going to be a, a kind of interesting. And again, this PPE based platform could uh, could power the next generation of like Q six and uh, like SUVs and Porsche SUVs and Porsche sedans and 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 who knows what. But I'm sure they've got a lot uh, planned for for this platform. I believe Toyota is doing. Uh, something similar to that as well. So Toyota has a new platform called the BZ is the platform. And the vehicle they launched was was the BZX4. And I'll explain that in just a second. But just a quick reminder from our friends at Dodge. Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit dodge.com to schedule a test drive. What was the name of that
1: that vehicle again?
0: BZ4X. Did I say X4? I meant
1: 4X. Isn't B- that like Elon B- Musk's, B- Musk's new child's e- name or something?
0: Yeah, Elon Musk's baby is, <laughs> is uh, I don't even I forgot even what they're calling it for short, it's like X or 0 or X4 or something. Dash. Um so this is a a platform that Toyota has been developing for their uh, for their first electric, like all electric car, not necessarily hybrid, right? Obviously, Toyota has been doing that with uh, with Priuses and stuff. They're going to share the platform with Subaru. Um, you know, we've seen this stuff before, cost savings and things like that. But I believe they said they were going to have I don't know fifteen vehicles uh, by twenty twenty five. Using this BZ platform, uh, which is interesting. BZ, by the way, for them is stands for Beyond Zero, which I don't know. Wouldn't that be one or two or three? <laughs> like you would be, think so, yeah. Beyond zero, like Beyond Zero, meaning the opposite direction, like negative one, than, yeah. negative two. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting where they. I love to see the guys that sit down and go, this is beyond zero. Like, zero is where we need to be emissions-wise, but this is beyond zero.
1: Like, Have we found out the answer to where these batteries go yet?
0: I, no, I don't think
1: we've we found the answer yeah, to that. I yeah. just want to slide that in there. Real quick.
0: Yeah, right. And I, I do want to dig into that with uh, with – with somebody maybe we'll we'll get into that more with with Alistair next time Alistair's in. we'll put him on the spot um so anyway they 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 debuted this uh this this crossover I don't know what the what the what they're calling everything is sort of this weird in the middle between crossover and SUV and sedan but the Toyota bZ 4x is uh it looks a little like a rav4. But just a little more futuristic, and obviously the grill is kind of gone in the front. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't really need it; it's all electric. Um, but a lot of the design elements, especially in the back and the tail lights, have some uh, some Rav Four to it. Um, and. Uh, it, you know, the, the interior is very futuristic. If you guys get a chance to see some photos of this thing, it'd be like a RAV4 with like a lower bit, a little bit lower roof line. Um, the hatch back looks much more raked. It looks almost coupe style and a little less SUV-ish. Um, is that, how much
1: of a departure is that from their what they're doing stylistically currently? Because to me, it kind of looks... Just more aggressive.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. It's kind of turned up a notch because they're trying to separate it from like a RAV4. Uh, but if you really look at this vehicle, it, you know obviously the giveaway for concept vehicles to production vehicles are things like door handles and side mirrors, you know, because usually those things just look bulky and and kind of out of place. And this looks like it has production ready stuff. So I would say this thing is as close to being production ready as you as you possibly can. Interesting because the uh, the Audi the A6 e-tron, uh, although a concept vehicle. Audi said, "Oh yeah, that's ninety five percent done. We got to change the side (laughs) mirrors and the door handles." (laughs) And uh, they're like, "That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it." Um, I don't know much about the 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 power plant, like what's going to be the electric motor. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a, a two wheel drive and and possibly all wheel drive version of this. Um, No word on performance or range, but uh, I'm sure as this gets closer, you'll be able to figure out, um, you know, we'll be able to, to, to say more about this when it comes out, but I don't know, kind of, kind of interesting, Uh, interesting design, interesting uh, idea on that. And, and I guess the 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 point here is it's not just a vehicle that's coming out it's a platform that's coming out so you're looking at the investment these car companies are going to be making Toyota's saying hey this this beyond zero platform is going to underpin fifteen electric vehicles between now and twenty twenty five and Audi you know. Audi Porsche that's developing their p p e platform is saying that's going to underpin the e v versions of several of our vehicles over over the next several years as well so uh more and more indication of everyone's going all in on e v and uh Obviously, we still have questions as to if that's the most viable solution, but certainly the governments think it is uh, for lack of better option, I guess. So everyone's pushing toward that. Um, The other EV that uh, that was debuted is the Ford Evos, and this is sort of a... Another interesting vehicle, right? This looks like a four-door sedan, looks kind of like a four-door hatchback. It's um it's good looking, it's sharp looking, but it's it's raised up a little higher, so now it's like, uh, is this is this is it a, is it a Fusion. crossover? Um this is supposed to be designed by Ford's team in China. Um, and uh, there's a there's a manufacturing partner that they work with uh, on that, and the design influence comes from the 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 China-based team. Um, you know, the cultural influence is sort of the the current design mm-hmm. trend for vehicles uh, in that in that country. Uh, so I don't necessarily see it as as a vehicle that's going to come to the U.S., but. It is interesting because people are saying, hey, this could be the new Ford Fusion because we had that car here, and we're not really doing Ford cars so much anymore, uh, other than, you know, the the Mustang, um whatever supercars. But uh kind of an interesting thought going, Well Ford's gonna want something other than just the Mach E as an EV platform because that's sort of a performance based well, yeah. platform. Um but the, Out of reach
1: for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, so the entire dash is basically a screen. When you get into this thing, it's—I uh, don't know—it seems like it's eight feet long. <laughs> it's as it's as wide as the entire vehicle. It's uh, it's pretty. It's twenty-seven. It's a twenty-seven-inch touchscreen that it spans the entire dash. But it's it gets you can break it into different areas. So like the passenger can use stuff, and the driver and the center section, and. Uh, like a big,
1: I had big uh, horizontal iPad.
0: Yeah, and so the company that is working with them on the AI for this is, uh, I think it's called Baidu, and that's basically China's version of Google. If if I'm getting that right, it's basically their homegrown version of a of a Google type of of company. It'd be sort of the Chinese competitor or equivalent of of Google. Um, now, we don't necessarily know if this is meant to be a purely EV vehicle. This could be a hybrid vehicle of some sort, or it could be uh, an EV. We don't know for sure. I mean, certainly don't expect any big engine under the hood. It would be something kind of small, uh, maybe some some small EcoBoost-type engine. Maybe, you know, they debuted years ago, like their one-cylinder turbo uh, engine. Uh, I believe it was one – no, maybe it was one liter, one liter. Engine tiny, like you fit it in your backpack and bring it with you. Get
1: your back back pocket.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, actually, it, that would be more interesting th- than the leaf blowers we have now because they're all dirty and they just <laughs> blow crap into the air and they just make a mess. So, um, I don't know. So, if, it it could be interesting if uh, if Ford takes this platform, maybe changes the design a little bit. Although I like the design a lot. It's just a little bit of a departure of the current US based Ford themed vehicle. So maybe you change the, the front end a little bit, bring it here and bring it as a new Ford Fusion or an EV or hybrid based Ford Fusion. But it's actually pretty, pretty cool looking. You
1: know? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's I can... There has to be something <laughs> like that for that segment of the population. 100 percent sure is it cool looking absolutely is it futuristic yeah no question is it uh what's the price point on that thing
0: i don't know i don't know what it's going to be but just based on the size of the vehicle in and 25 and, and it's a ford branded thing i don't even know if you can get a car for 25 grand these 20? days i mean yeah i, yeah, I, I don't you know I mean, I, I, I mean you could be high <laughs> 20s low 30s 33 you know somewhere really some yeah i I mean the EV stuff uh, is tough, right? Because we're always struggling to get like a thirty-five thousand dollar EV car, right? Like okay, Tesla's but what's like, the $3. what's the base
1: on the Bronco, the new Bronco, thirty-five? Uh, I I believe Before you so, touch it?
0: and and the Bronco Sport is like in the twenty-something range, twenty-eight. You know, so I I guess it you know, and it, I guess it goes up from there.
1: It's um, got to come in lower than those. It has to. I mean, I I would I would think. So. I don't know. I, I what do I think?
0: I don't know, but maybe, uh, maybe they could offset the cost by mass producing in in China. Doesn't mean so. If we had the vehicle here in the U.S., it it is very very unlikely it would be made in China and brought here. It would be made here with a shared platform, the architecture. But mm-hmm. uh, you'll see a lot of these companies. Just because of a lot of things, politics, the way patents work and trademarks work and things like that, Um, we've seen a lot of hesitation with with U.S. companies selling assets to a China-based company, right? Because like for example, I think it was Saab, which Saab was making vehicles, had some trouble, wanted to sell the company. Uh, spiker was involved at some point but the last you know saab shared a lot of technology with gm i believe Mm -hmm. and gm blocked the sale of the assets of saab to china because it included a lot of their patented technology in the u.s and when you sell it to china they can kind of do whatever they want with it there and i you know you could call it good you could call it bad but certainly from gm standpoint they're saying that's our intellectual property we create value in our company by owning that intellectual property so 100%. so we we want to retain that so we feel like the value for our us brands is bigger than selling off saab and making a little bit of money the long term value so they said no to that deal um so Companies like Ford and arguably uh, some of the European companies and whatever are saying, hey, we're going to design some vehicles specifically in, in, in China, build them there, and maybe we'll take some of the shared platform and bring it to other parts of the world, maybe bring it to the U.S. But we're not going to bring that car there, and then we're not going to bring a lot of you know, cars from here over there. Right? Mm-hmm. so it's just it's the company the weird corporate wise. World. yeah the corporate wise the company wants to have a presence there um, and work with work with the Chinese government and work with manufacturing partners there and get vehicles made so um, but obviously it's a huge market you know and and some of these companies are saying hey you know the future for us financially is having some dominance in China you know um just just count the people <laughs> just the head count alone yeah. uh equates to a mass uh, sales massive numbers but um all right anyway that being said let me get into uh our Friends at Geico, you guys own your home, you rent your home. Either way, we know it can be a lot of work, but we know what's easy, and that's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico Easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. So, uh, years ago, five, six years ago, I guess around 2015, uh Hyundai came out with their concept vehicle back when we were doing more actual concept vehicles of the Santa Cruz pickup truck, the small mm-hmm. pickup truck. Um we're we're bringing back the mini trucks.
1: <laughs> it's 1980 or 1990
0: again. Yeah, right. We're we're bringing back the mini trucks. Uh and they debuted sort of this very sleek looking, futuristic, like two door, not two door, but it had like little half doors or something going on in the back. And, but it had a very much sort of a, a two door sporty, sleek look to it. Uh, and here we jump to 2021 and Hyundai saying, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're back on it. We've got the Hyundai, uh, Santa Cruz. Um, it, it's it's out. It's it's production ready. It's going to be available, I believe, this summer as a 2022 model. Um, it is interesting looking. Uh, they're doing this uh, this crazy thing. I think they did it on the Hyundai Tucson as well, where the grill and parts of the grill are the headlights. Uh, it's just sort of an interesting design theme, um, but. I'd like to see it in person to understand the size of the vehicle. It's it's interesting. I kind of like the idea. Uh, I It is smaller than the Toyota Tacoma and the Nissan Frontier. I was just in the Tacoma, and that's still a pretty good size. So, you know, before we mentioned Ford is coming out with the Maverick, and the Maverick is smaller than a Ford Ranger. Yeah. Right?
1: You know, in looking so, at, 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 at this, if it was a big vehicle, it if, if they would make these vehicles bigger, they'd be awesome. But the size that they're going for, I, I'm not a, you know. I, I
0: guess they're trying to, they're, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're trying to find a market for these vehicles. Like, I, I'm i not throwing in the towel on it. Like, I, look, I'm looking at it. It's not really quite my style, but... From a functional standpoint, is this going to resonate well with, with the audience? It seems like in the U.S. we like our big trucks, but they're saying, hey, can we carve out a niche for the denser cities, L.A., things like that, and go, can we get a smooth driving, like independent rear, you know, uh, uh, a smooth driving pickup truck? That people in the city can park easily, get it into parking garages, uh, get better gas mileage. EPA's, uh, you know, MPG is a huge thing, Um, but also be able to have a little bit of fun with it on the weekend. Take it a little bit off road. Take it camping or something. I don't think it's going to be a hardcore overlander by any means. And I don't
1: modern day El Camino.
0: I mean, it kind of is. And I mean, basically, what we're doing at this point is saying. Let's take our most popular SUVs, right, things like Toyota RAV4 or that type of SUV, maybe Honda Pilot type of SUV, and in Hyundai's case, the the Hyundai Tucson, and say, well, why does it going to have to have an enclosed back? Why don't we just put an open back on it and make it a little pickup truck version? It probably ends up being a couple inches longer in the back to to fit the bed on there. Um, But uh, – it's certainly interesting. Uh this is one of the questions I would have for for you guys uh listening to the podcast is where are we as far as adoption of these vehicles? Are you guys on board with a Hyundai Santa Cruz? Explain to me how you're using your vehicle. Would you be interested in in this? Like I, I get it. Like you can definitely haul stuff and have some fun with this thing. I don't know your, you know you're getting sheets of drywall at, at Home Depot with with this thing but then again you're not in your Toyota or in your uh, your your Tucson anyway right your Hyundai Tucson anyway so um it will have a, a some ability to tow i assume it's going to have I assume it's going to have an all-wheel drive and probably a front-wheel drive version. The bed is 4.3 feet long, so not not even the five foot long bed. Um, it's it's. I think because it has an independent rear, it has a little storage compartment in the bed of the truck, like the Honda does, the Ridgeline, which is actually kind of interesting. Um. I believe when you you can put the tailgate down, gives you a little extra room, and there'll be some sort of support or cage or whatever on it. So if you want to fit bigger stuff in there, like a lot of people seem to be doing, um, uh, it, you know, it's going to have some sort of tonneau cover, some roll-up tonneau cover, uh, the payload capacity. Is seventeen hundred pounds, but that's it's kind of a misleading number in the bed of the truck. That's six hundred sixty pounds. Uh, FYI,
1: I have a Can Am six wheeler. Yeah, that's like a UTV yeah. that that basically has the same load capacity.
0: So six hundred and sixty pounds in the bed of the truck. That's what you can haul.
1: Oh, so excuse me, multiply that times two. And a half. Okay. And that's my Can-Am's capacity.
0: It'll have a naturally aspirated four-cylinder. And I believe it'll have... So a 2.5-liter four-cylinder with 190 horsepower. And then it'll have an available 2.5-liter turbo four with 275 horsepower and 310 pound-feet of torque. So the base four-cylinder will tow 3,500 pounds, you know, whatever, motorcycle, a toy. The turbo four-cylinder will tow 5,000 pounds. I, I don't know that I'd want to tow a car behind this tiny little SUV, this tiny little pickup truck, um, but certainly, uh, you know, whatever your toy trailer, a couple of motorcycles, drag them out to the desert, maybe throw a jet ski in the back. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we can get. Maybe we can convince Stone Cold Steve Austin to get one. He could drag his, his, his to test it out. Drag some uh, some jet skis around or whatever. <laughs> He's.
1: I don't. know. Not real sure he'd even be. Uh, you know, it's just not not for. Me.
0: You don't think it's his style. You don't think uh, uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz
1: is is. I don't think Steve would go for that. Doesn't no. scream.
0: Uh, it doesn't scream Stone Cold.
1: <laughs> not really. no. Uh, no.
0: Uh I bet it drives fantastic though I bet it's as close to just the straight up s u v it's gonna drive like a nice s u v and uh it it just has a little more storage in the back. It's an interesting thing
1: um i anyway, there's a there's, be, there's there's a purpose for it <laughs> it's,
0: it's gonna be fine I, I i would like to hear from you guys saying where, where are we on on this smaller vehicles right like we've got uh, obviously, our line of big trucks, Tacoma's popular, uh, Ranger, Colorado, they're finding their niche. The new Nissan Frontier that we talked about, the facelifted Frontier, has got some good bits in it, um, all the mm-hmm. modern technologies, CarPlay, Android Auto, looks good. Um, but when do we get to things like Maverick, Ford Maverick, uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz, um, and then and then what do you guys think the adoption rate is going to be of the front-wheel drive version of those trucks versus the all-wheel drive version? In our heads, we kind of think all-wheel drive is kind of the only way to go. But the reality mm-hmm. is is how many do you think will be sold? Who's buying them? Are they, are they just small city work trucks, uh, landscapers, uh, you know uh, – pool maintenance uh do you get the front wheel drive version of a of a ford maverick and just that's just a small work truck for around around town i mean it's it's got a haul some uh, amount of
1: i don't see it uh, man i don't see it i oh, don't know we'll see you know it's inter- hey at the end of the day as a car guy it's interesting to see different stuff out there and people trying to break the mold and, you know we'll, we'll see
0: it's cool. Um, anyway, so this Talk next th- this next uh, this next little bit, real quick, is about the the Dodge Durango Hellcat, and uh, you kind of indicated that um, they'd be making more than the allocated two thousand units. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this all at once. I'm gonna hit this ad, and I'm gonna give you the updates on this. Uh, we'll start with this uh, with with the words at, at at Dodge. So Dodge has officially opened orders for the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. As you guys know, this is the most powerful SUV ever. We've seen some of the specs, 710 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. Uh, And Dodge has always told us that this would be exclusive for 2021 and only 2,000 units would be made. Well, dealers were – customers were coming in, asking to place orders. The dealers were placing orders and saying, hey – there's only going to be 2,000, but we'll place the order and see where you where you rank in the lineup and if you can get one. And Dodge has now come back and said, yes, it's still exclusive for 2021, but they are going to try to fulfill all of the orders that were placed. They are going to rush to basically get all of this done. Fulfill it. I don't know what the number is, 2,200, 2,500, 3,000, whatever it is. They're saying we want to fulfill every order and every – now – it's going to be tough for you to go out today and make an order from scratch. That's probably close, but there could be dealers that placed orders to get some on the lot, and you can go to them and say, "Hey," or if you're going to have customers that place the order that don't want it. Like, but now that we are fulfilling more orders, what does that mean for for people getting the the vehicle? So. Um, Going to be kind of interesting. Of course, uh, you know anybody that gets the Hellcat, uh, the Durango Hellcat, gets a full day of pro instruction at the Radford Racing School. And uh, I keep hearing more and more great things about what they are doing and what they're investing into the school. I believe they just launched a cart program, so if you guys want to go there and uh, and do some of that racing. Uh, deliveries, I believe, are starting very soon on the on the SRT uh, Hellcat, the Durango Hellcat. And as you know, they've been ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first brand ever to get them both quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer. Or visit Dodge.com to schedule a test drive. Uh, yeah, so um, the, the plant where these are made is— is going to shift over to the new generation Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, But I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, that vehicle is still on its way. They haven't shifted the plant over yet. Um, also could be this, this chip shortage that we're running into, which is, is they're saying is going to definitely go into next year as well. It's going to be a big issue. We talked about it last week. Maybe that's put a little bit of a delay on the Jeep Grand Cherokee and allowed Dodge to uh, to make more Durago, SRT Doregos, uh, Hellcats. Um, so they're going to say they're going to try to fulfill as many orders as possible. They, they'd like to fulfill every order that has been placed so far before they shift it over to uh to grand cherokee uh manufacturing um you know and the the other reason why we're only going to get this now is because you know the durango platform has been out for a for a while they've given it given it a facelift it's got the new exterior styling and the and Mm. the but i i don't think it's going to pass like the most stringent epa (laughs) yeah uh
1: Good assumption, my friend. Uh,
0: uh, rules. So listen, we we didn't get a chance to have Tim Kaniscus in from uh from, from Ram from Dodge and uh the boss over there. Um we're hopefully gonna have him uh, uh scheduled at some point. But he has said, listen, we we still are going to do our high performance vehicles uh like you you know they've done so well with with the SRTs. But expect them to be possibly some hybrid versions and and things like that. So the performance can come from electrification as well. Uh, So this is kind of the last hurrah as far as if you want a completely (laughs) nutty, over-the-top three-row SUV that that runs like 1150s in the quarter mile. I'm actually excited about this. I'm driving a badass car right now. So I've got the Lexus. RCF Fuji Edition. So we drove the RCF, which is cool. The Fuji Edition has the big wing, carbon fiber trunk lid, carbon fiber hood, more aggressive styling, lighter weight. Um, I'll I'll get more of the specs and more driving impressions and photos of that for you guys soon. You're going from one end of the spectrum to the next. And that's right. So as soon as I turn this thing in, I think this goes back. Uh, uh, basically today, as you're listening to this, uh, and then Monday they drop off the uh, the Hellcat, uh, the Durango SRT Hellcat, which I don't even think I could fit it in my parking spot. So I'll bring it over to the to the Matt Cave. But I can I'll guarantee park it over there.
1: you, you can fit in it, which I can't say with 90 percent of the cars that you're test driving for me. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, have you driven the Durangos?
1: I have not because if I get in one, I'm gonna want to buy one.
0: Well, I mean, there's the badass versions, the S R are the uh, the RT V8 versions and stuff as well. And I don't know if 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 the focus of your uh, of your power packages, the Goldberg Garage power packages, are for the SRT specifically, the Hellcat engines. But I don't know if you're going to start to get into the naturally aspirated uh, Hemi engine versions. You know, um. Im- I, hey listen we can't, no we can't say no to any of that we can't say no to any of that but uh, Absolutely uh not. you know but I would i it stands to reason you guys would launch the the hellcat versions of your packages see how how they perform see people's uh uh likeness to them and then if there's a demand for the naturally aspirated packages there could be something kind of kind of cool there as well now i'm I'm putting words in when your When turbo mouth. packages
1: could be on the horizon. Also. Well,
0: there you there you go. Turbo packages. Speaking of turbos, I had a nice little uh, text discussion with uh, with our friend John Urist at Helion, and mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned this a little bit last week. Um, and then I started digging into what's new and uh, uh, what's new with our friends over at Whipple. And uh, Whipple's got their Gen Five supercharger. I think it's three liter. Um, they they did development on the Whipple for for a number of vehicles. You can swap the blower, or if you want to put it on a vehicle without a supercharger, um, you know, like the the Mustang Bullet, right, which has been replaced by the Mach One. Uh, they're, they've updated their website to say, well. We feel like this supercharger because we developed it for the bullet and it's basically the same engine could apply to the Mach 1 as well. So now it looks like our friends at Hellion are making a twin turbo package for the new Mustangs and the Mach 1. Mm. Uh, And I believe he's working on a charger, Dodge Charger twin turbo package as well. I don't know if it's the Hellcat charger, but I I think it's just the – just a a charger because he hit me up and he's like, "Uh, we're doing some stuff on the charger and he's wrapping up his his Mach One performance numbers right now." So I I said when you when you're when you're able to <laughs> I see you you hiding back there, uh, But we like no um, listen, we are obviously big fran, fans of of the guys at Gearheads, uh, uh, what they're doing, what you're doing with them, but. John is a, is a is a sweet guy. He's a s- smart guy. He's got a great operation, I believe, in New Mexico. We met with him several times at SEMA as well. One of the old school guys um, in, in the business. Uh, we like what Whipple is doing. We like what some of the other uh, uh, manufacturers are doing. I did speak a little bit to the guys at Roush and said, um, you know, uh, I heard about uh, the new TVS R thirty one hundred rotors. These are the new rotors from Eaton. Eaton supplies the internal rotors for a lot of the twin screw superchargers. Edelbrock, <laughs> Roush, uh, uh, you know, a number of companies. Uh, VMP, I think, um, who they are. VMP, I think, is already testing their thirty one hundred supercharger. So anybody out there with the what is it, the twenty six fifty rotors anybody with that supercharger with the twenty six fifty Eaton said they got a lot of demand from customers and their vendors saying hey we we 'd like to see a little bit more power, but without having to really repackage everything so Eaton was <laughs> able to come up with their t v s uh i believe it 's twin vortices screw. Um, I think that's what TVS is. There are 3,100 rotors, and with very minor modifications, they fit in the case of the 2650s, and uh, but with about 10% more airflow. So it is an easy way, an easier way for a lot of the supercharger manufacturers to start phasing in a 3,100 blower phasing out a 2,650, but without massive R&D and Mm -hmm. even casting new cases, which is the big issue, right? So -hmm. I think they're doing something with the gear drive in the front or the bearings uh, to make it all work and fit, but I don't believe they need to recast anything, so...
1: Well,
0: that's huge. Uh, which, yeah, it's a huge. It's uh, you know the companies, the Roushes, the VMPs, the Edelbrocks of the world. They have castings, probably hundreds of them, hundreds of them stacked up for for future blowers that they want to make, and they haven't been finished yet. And they got to do all the, the 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 work on it. So if they if they can build it with the thirty one hundred screws, that was that was a big intention. So um, I talked to Roush. I believe they are making uh, a thirty one hundred blower. Um but they did tell me this is very self serving that they do not have any plans for a Mach One supercharger <laughs> at this point. So um at this point. At at this point he said thanks for uh thanks. I reached out to our friend Jack Rouse Jr. and Jack told me um uh, you know they've got a lot of things in store for for their performance packages and superchargers and of course their suspension and everything else. And he said no immediate plans for the Mach One, but you never know. Um, We're just
1: like everybody else. We needle and pry, and we want answers yeah. before we want <laughs> yeah. uh, the products well, yesterday. You know, you, you I'm know. waiting on my bumpers from ADD <laughs> right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that's I'm re- just how the whole culture is. We're no different.
0: Uh, I'm I'm I, I reach out to uh, to friends in the space and say, hey, what are you doing on a vehicle that I don't even own yet? And and I pass it <laughs> off as as because uh, the cars <laughs> are being delivered to other people. So this isn't just for me. It's for other yeah, people. right? And, uh-huh. uh, no, you're
1: just your listeners want to know. Period. That's that's, that's what
0: I'm saying. You guys want to know. Um, And one of the other things I was digging into was uh, Roush, to their credit, has been very good on selling a supercharger kit. The supercharger has a warranty. And then they also cover the powertrain warranty of your vehicle that gets voided when you add the superchargers. They're saying, we've got you. That's Um, fantastic. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So you could arguably purchase a new vehicle that has a warranty, lease a vehicle that has a new warranty, you can install their supercharger and they say, hey, you lose the engine warranty, but we're we're taking over on that. And and Roush has been known to amazing. Uh, b- to, to to be very good on just making that happen. You know, somebody breaks an engine and they've got an engine in the mail as part that of the That alone
1: warranty. would give me a reason to go out and buy a Ford.
0: And I'm telling you that is one of the reasons why they move so many superchargers. They make a good kit and they right. back it up. Uh listen, they would never offer that warranty if they didn't think <laughs> that the supercharger was good. Right. Right. Um so what's happening is uh there's there's two things that everyone keeps asking is is hey, is it fifty state emissions legal? And more and more companies are getting into that. You almost have to at this point, right? You need to have emissions legality, Um, and then two, what is the supplemental warranty? Um, And I'm starting to see companies like Whipple offers it, third party. Pro Charger offers it, third party. They've they've made the arrangements. They've worked with another company, and for some fee, I don't know, seven hundred bucks, seven hundred fifty bucks, eight hundred bucks. You can replace your factory three-year thirty-six thousand mile warranty or whatever with the supplemental warranty, and there's some limits and some caps and things like that. But, uh, but those are interesting, especially, you know, I know you're working on packages. Yeah, interesting. You're those on, are those are
1: uh, freaking crucial to, to your plans of modifying these vehicles. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, is. we're we're
1: inquiring right now as to backup motor for the twin turbocharger because. We know it's probably going to blow at some point. <laughs> so well, it's that, not going to be covered. That's a little what, different. I've done for it. That's, that's a, a little, little different, different for you because it's, it's an it's R&D this.
0: vehicle and you, you kind of need to push it to the point of almost destruction so you can know where the limitations. It's an expensive Hopefully test.
1: Hopefully I'm not in at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mario's going to have all sorts of data logging. It's basically just going to be you grinning the ear to ear as that thing blows up hopefully on your property someplace so you could just uh, walk home and just leave it there for for a minute.
1: I'll I'll be heading down to to Gearhead probably next week, week after, and then yes, it'll be up here immediately after that. Um, We'll see. Hopefully hopefully it stays together everywhere.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the idea of of emissions, uh, emissions certifications, aftermarket warranties, it turns out all those crank calls I've been getting going hey you're after Morgan about to expire you might want to go. turns God out it was the most annoying in the
1: entire world
0: yeah it was in the There was a uh, Chris. I don't know if you saw this. It was like a funny meme, like a video meme, and it was like somebody on the beach, and it was like a bottle floating in the ocean, and it was like, oh, it's a message from a long time ago, or somebody in another part of the world. And the guy grabs the bottle, opens it, unravels the little scroll, and it says, "Your warranty." Yeah, your warranty's about to (laughs) expire. We've been trying to reach you. You know, we finally got you. That's the only mode of
1: communication <laughs> they've yet to use, when they yeah,
0: use. Yeah, well, somebody online has already figured it out. Um, okay. Anyway, that being said, we're going to wrap things up. You had mentioned SEMA. I don't know if you guys
1: heard, but yeah, SEMA, just yeah, just let let us know what's what's the latest.
0: So far, um, uh, it, it it they're they're selling booths. They're reaching out to companies. They haven't issued the rules package yet to the vendors, but they. They are. Their intention is to do a a fully opened uh, SEMA. Um, As you guys have know, I think we mentioned last week that um, that Las Vegas is saying they want to be fully open by June first. Which, uh, if all goes well, then there's no reason why they couldn't do a a fully uh, opened uh, SEMA. I I, I mean. the venue and SEma can say, "Hey, we prefer you to wear masks, but we're not going to limit the amount of people um, and uh, uh, you know probably some version of that, but who knows i mean by by time November runs around, i mean uh the intention just is tough is, is pretty much everyone's vaccinated and stuff at that point anyway so yeah, but
1: but if you're a major manufacturer that uses SEMA to its nth degree every year um." And you don't know a hundred percent six months out. You know, I mean, is that the dice that you want to really be rolling right now? Well, it's just gonna suck. Yeah. If we, you know, in a month we don't have that booklet out, so that everybody can make right, can like pre- what hard. what are the
0: rules going to be? Uh, yeah. Now there is one slight advantage, and that is, uh, as we mentioned, that newly expanded building that that new hall, which. If they spread the booths out a little bit more and actually created a little bit wider aisles, instead of selling out that building back to back, you know, bumper to bumper, if you will, um, why not take all of the booths, create a little more? clearance in between them a little bit wider aisles a little bit more social distancing not to mention it was getting pretty crowded to begin with (laughs) well yeah and and then that new building yeah that new building uh offers up another 1.4 million square feet
1: but from my understanding part of the square footage that was used prior and what the square footage that we know as SEMA is under construction so it's a give and take kind of thing. I want to have somebody from SEMA on here as soon as possible yeah. so that they can let us all know. Everybody wants to know, you know, whether you're a, you know, whether you're a vendor or whether you're the general public that's just, you know, satiated, wants to be satiated by information about SEMA, you know, everything, yeah. the car world is predicated upon what goes on around that event. You know, so
0: I, I, I agree. And even for, for the general public that doesn't, have access to that show. Still, a ton of content comes out of that show, and I'll be honest with you. This, this past SEMA show, that was sort of the virtual version, was a bit of a flop in my mind. Um, it was very difficult to get information. There was no real um, now. Their MPMC event that was fantastic. That event, the the sort of the the way they made that happen virtually was really good. Uh, the SEMA thing was. Well, um, was a bit of a learning curve, and I I thought wasn't great, but yes, tons of content, new parts, announcements, videos, interviews, builds, all the great content we love from SEMA. So yeah, we should talk to SEMA <laughs> at some point soon and find out what uh, what's going to happen there. But um, it uh, it will be interesting, and certainly events like we've talked about, like a Barry Jackson coming up in June, is going to be a pretty good. Uh, uh test there was some other trade show that just happened in that new building um not huge, but it was the first trade show they had, and I don't know it was like ten thousand people or something and they 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 pulled it off somehow
1: but as um, a major major manufacturer waiting till after Barrett Jackson to get that final answer
0: yeah, it's just yeah mid june seems I mean, yeah mid June seems a little far out um uh, anyway, before we wrap it up in other SEMA news, one of the cool assets that SEMA has always offered uh, out of their headquarters here in California was SEMA Garage. Uh, you know, they do measuring ses- sessions for new vehicles that are coming out, so parts manufacturers can get CAD data and stuff ahead of time. Um, they've got uh, you know all kinds of uh, wonderful resources to help companies develop uh, new products, emissions testing, and SEMA has just. Uh, uh, announced a new, I believe, 45,000-square-foot SEMA Garage second facility in Detroit. Um, and uh, our friend Mike uh, Spagnola has been running SEMA Garage for for a long time, um, I think since day one, uh, is, is going to be saying more stuff about it. I think a press release came out. He's been there. I'm, I'm sure he's getting things up and running. Uh, so it'd be interesting to talk to Mike as well and just say, hey, tell us what's going on with SEMA Garage. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a Detroit facility um, is uh, is a great idea and brings a lot of aftermarket manufacturers closer to the American manufacturers and said, hey, can mm-hmm. we all meet at SEMA Garage in Detroit and say, let's not only do a measuring session, but can we get more of your of your staff there so we can ask them technical questions. Can we talk to your engineers? And it's just much easier uh, to to make that kind of stuff happen. So that's kind of exciting. See that they're still growing and investing in all of this, despite everybody jamming EVs down our throats.
1: <laughs> Thank God. Thank God they're still doing
0: it. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and let's uh, wrap it up. And uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Follow me at Motorator on uh, social media. You can follow Goldberg. He's Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter and Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Uh, boom, boom. Yeah. We're good? Are we missing anything? I think we got it. I think we got it.
1: <clears throat> Wanda's Porsche is finally going in here soon. So
0: Yeah. Cool. Let's get an update on that. Oh, you got to post your some pictures team. of that. We haven't seen that car in a while. you got to get something There's up on your... A- yeah, um, I'll,
1: I'll put something up, up, up on soon. your. Uh, put it
0: up on uh, Goldberg's Garage Instagram, and let's take a look at some of that. Maybe.
1: When I learned something. It's a nine sixty four, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, there you go. Now a Porsche. Uh, you're becoming a Porsche
0: guy. How adorable! <laughs> How
1: adorable! Just for that, no more Porsche.
0: <laughs> no, no more Porsche stuff. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.